Well, the Miami Hurricanes finished strong after a slow start against Southern Miss. So are we ready for that big trip to Texas A&M? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today or maybe your last listen because this is a post-game recap uh, and your first watch we're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube Miami beats Southern Miss 30 to 7 before I go on yes I saw what happened at Texas A&M today I'm dumbfounded (laughs) because I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for Miami going into College Station next week so Texas A&M at College Station, they fall 17-14 to Appalachian State. So it's like it's like when Rocky Balboa made Ivan Drago bleed. It's like, hey, he's human. He bleeds. Okay, so Texas A&M, they're human. They're, they bleed. They're imperfect. But they're going to be extra angry now for a night game. It's going to be a revenge game, a payback game now for Texas A&M. So uh, I figured App State, because they play everybody tough, I figured App State would like hang for a little bit, make it tough. I didn't think they would win the game. So... Okay, Texas A&M, they're not who we thought they were. But then at the same time, um, I don't know what to think for next week. So you guys let me know what you think. As far as Miami goes, um, yeah, I was on Twitter during the first half. Uh, I saw the way everyone was complaining about how slow Miami started and all the things that they did wrong on both sides of the football. Let me say this. I will never apologize for a win especially after seeing what happened around the country today. I will never apologize for a win where Miami didn't play well in the first half and then they you know, played a lot better in the second half. It wasn't perfect for four quarters. I'm not going to apologize for a win. After seeing what happened to Notre Dame today, losing at home to Marshall, Alabama nearly lost to Texas and probably would have lost if Ewers hadn't gone down hurt in the first half. Texas would have won the game. And yeah, Texas A&M, they just lost to Appalachian State at home. This was a wacky day. And after seeing what happened elsewhere in the country, like I'm more thankful than I was a few hours ago that Miami got the win and finished the game strong because just like I don't know, I don't know if it's the transfer portal because like power 5 caliber players are now transferring to places like Southern Miss now, and these rosters are better than they used to be. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's just more parity now in college football than there's been in the recent past. That's probably a good thing for the game of college football, okay? So let's talk about Miami because, yeah, the Hurricanes, we're going to talk about the bad and the good. Miami was not perfect today against Southern Miss. Um, you know, if you were hoping just for four quarters of dominance, if you were hoping for Miami to put up, you know, closer to 50 points than 30 points, which I was hoping for heading into this game. Uh, yeah, there were a few things to be disappointed about. All right. Uh, you know, Tyler Van Dyke finished the game pretty strong, but in the first half played as poorly as I've seen him play since the first half against Florida state last year, intercepted once, uh, nearly intercepted a second time, a play that was, uh, the, the, 
defensive back actually did drop it. It would have been negated by a penalty anyway. But there were some questionable throws out there in the first half from Tyler Van Dyke. Miami's offensive line for parts of the first half, they were pushed around too often. They gave up three sacks. And I think they were a little bit baffled early on by just the incessant blitzing from Southern Miss. They're a very aggressive defense, and they do have some talent up there. I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you why it happened. And, yeah, Miami, uh, again this week, had some soft spots in coverage down the field. And we're going to talk about Southern Miss's offensive approach because it wasn't what any of us expected, okay? Yeah, the Canes, they give up 207 passing yards to a team that, had no passing offense before they came down to Miami. And yeah, the Canes defensive backs, they allowed Jason Brownlee to look like a, a really high level receiver out there over a hundred receiving yards for Brownlee. Um, you know, Miami's pass rush still, uh, they had their moments, especially in the second half, but so far two games in Miami's defensive line, their pass rush, They've not been that consistent. And, you know, Mario Cristobal described it last week after practice as undisciplined. And I think we saw some signs from that. And, you know, I mentioned that Miami defensively, um, I'm going to give some credit to Southern Miss for their offensive approach because Miami was really thrown off. I don't think there's any film out there on their quarterback, Zach Wilkie, who we didn't even know would start, right? We didn't know how his – uh, how is Keys doing? Their starting quarterback from last week who got injured. Was he going to be the starter? Would they even use a conventional quarterback? Would they be lined up in the Wildcat all game long? Uh, you know, I don't think Miami knew what to expect. They certainly weren't, weren't expecting a downfield passing game. You know, Miami was preparing for a team that only attempted 13 passes last week, and five of those attempts were out of the the super back offense, which is the wildcat. They refer to it as the super back and they ran the ball 54 times last week to just 13 passes last week. So Southern miss, I give them credit. They completely flipped the script. And I think they did catch Miami by surprise before the hurricanes were able to adapt defensively throughout the game. Now Miami's rushing defense. They absolutely did the job. The Canes tackled much better overall than they did against Bethune-Cookman, including my guy Corey Flagg, who I thought uh, was closing out pretty nicely. And um, one of the reasons why a lot of us, not just me, you know who you are out there, a lot of us feel a little bit silly for the pregame buildup because really the one name that we kept mentioning over and over and over and over again was Frank Gore Jr., Miami made him a non-factor. Part of that was Southern Miss's game plan. Definitely part of it was Miami's defense. Frank Gore Jr., star running back, star player from Southern Miss, who had over 200 yards of total offense last week, including 178 rushing yards last week, was held to 10 yards on seven carries. Right? I, I was chatting um, on the network postgame show with uh, Miami color analyst Don Bailey Jr., uh, you know, about Frank Gore, who Miami really shut down. Like, they shut down Gore for all intents and purposes. And DBJ was telling me, he's like, hey, before the game, I would have been happy if Miami held Gore to under 100 yards. Like, they held him to under 11 yards. I, I thought that that was a good job by Miami's D. Leonard Taylor, I'll give Taylor some dap. Uh, he blew up some plays with tackles for a loss in this game. We need to keep seeing that. He was a TFL machine last year. LT led the, led, led the Hurricanes in tackles for a loss a season ago. Um, you know, just something to think about defensively. Uh, Akeem Mesidor, 
who was Miami's outstanding defensive player last week, didn't play in this game, held out for precautionary injury reasons, lower body injury. Uh, you know, I saw him, uh, you know, wearing a, a hoodie and shorts on the sidelines before the game. It sounds like Mesidor is going to be okay and he's going to be back for Texas A&M and that's going to be great. Uh, and listen, the defense, same thing with the offense. The defense tightened up in the second half, big time. Second half shutout, okay? You know, Miami was, everyone was a little bit nervous, including myself. You know, Miami wasn't playing well. They were down 7-3 to three for a long portion of the first half. And then, you know, from being down 7-3, to three, the Hurricanes go on to score 27 unanswered points, including a second half shutout by the defense. Only seven points given up in the game. I will take that every Saturday, no matter who the opponent is. I mean, they gave up 13 points against uh, Bethune-Cookman last week. Or was it 17 points against Bethune-Cookman last week? Only seven points against Southern Miss. I see that as improvement. So let's talk about the offense when we come back. So there was some very good and there was some not so good on the offensive side of the football. But guys... We have to talk about underdog fantasy. I am so happy that they're part of the team now here on the Locked On College, uh, Locked On uh, Podcast Network. Underdog is the easiest place to sign up for college football, uh, this college football season to play daily fantasy, guys. It's the easiest place to spice up the season. I'm telling you, guys, I've been playing underdog fantasy uh, since last season. I started before they even came aboard with Locked On. I love the daily games. I love the season-long best ball teams, and their app is so easy to use. You can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Underdog has investment backing from people like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. They have always been focused on building superior products for a fun user experience. Their customer support team is top-notch. If you need anything, they're going to help you. They're the best in the business. Uh, and guys, um, I have never had an issue with Underdog. It's easy to deposit, easy to withdraw, super fun to play, and super fun to win money all football season long. You know, guys, uh, I'm telling you, you need to get aboard Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with the easy-to-use mobile app, and we have a special code for you guys. If you sign up with our promo code Locked On. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, use our code, get $100 extra free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, and our promo code is locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And from the bottom of my heart, Thank you, because we did hit, I think it was late Friday night, we hit 5,000 YouTube subscribers. That was the goal that we wanted to hit before the Texas A&M game. We got it more than a week in advance. You guys are so awesome, and we're going to keep providing you the best content we possibly can here on Locked on Canes, and thank you so much, because you motivate me. You motivate me with your support when you subscribe to our audio podcast channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and when you subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's what motivates me to do more content and to do better content. And man, if Miami can give us a big win on the road next week, we're going to have so much fun. And yeah, Texas A&M, they lost to Appalachian State 17-14, one of a few shockers around college football today. But let's talk about the Miami Hurricanes offense. Henry Parrish, for my money, 
offensive player of the game, maybe player of the game, period. We are so lucky to have this guy. He's a complete back, Parrish, a complete back, sees the field so well, hits the holes so well and so decisively. He's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield as well. Um, I thought the offensive line, you know, they had a little bit of a rough start. Uh, they got so much better as the game went on. Great second half. They were opening big time holes. And yeah, they had to adjust to all the blitzing from Southern Miss, which we had a feeling they would do coming in because it's a very blitz heavy team. The offensive line was a little bit shocked at first. They adjusted to it. Um, and yeah, listen, um, they gave up three sacks in the game. And there were a couple of other occasions when Tyler Van Dyke was facing a heavy pass rush, a free rusher, and he was able to step up and climb the pocket beautifully. And so there, there could have been even more sacks than there were in the game. But it's nice to have someone who's just such a cerebral quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke and has so many good instincts. Again, he didn't play his best game by a long shot. But there were some occasions where Tyler Van Dyke did some little things very, very well. And as far as the blocking goes, I know he got flagged for it. I thought the flag was borderline unnecessary, okay? But Ja'Kai Clark, he was blocking like a grown man out there. And listen, if you don't want Ja'Kai Clark to continue blocking somebody out of bounds, blow the whistle. He plays until the whistle, right? That's what these guys are taught to do. And no, he's not looking at where the sideline is. He's looking up at his man when he drives this guy out of the play. So listen, he got flagged for it. Got a touchdown taken off the board, but that was grown man blocking out there by Ja'Kai Clark. And going back to the running backs, Thaddeus Franklin, first of his name, uh, king of the Iron Islands. I, I don't know, Game of Thrones nonsense, but Thad Franklin, he is so underrated still. His balance is elite. You think you have this guy tackled by the ankles. Somehow he keeps his balance. He keeps moving. And he loves contact. He embraces it. Over five yards per carry again for Thad. 5.1 yards per carry, I think, was the final number there. I don't know how many mountaintops I have to scream this from. Thaddeus Franklin is more than just a short yardage back. Now, we also, we did see Rooster, Jalen Knighton, get back on the field. Didn't do a whole lot. Uh, six carries for 18 yards. At some point, Rooster is going to find his groove. He's going to find his explosiveness again, you know, working his way back from the fall camp injury. Didn't play at all in the first week. Once Rooster gets his groove back, Miami's going to be in great shape in the backfield because Henry Parrish so far, I had high expectations for him. So far, he's been better than I expected. I hope that continues as the competition gets tougher. Thad Franklin is improving as I expected he would. Parish, uh, sorry, um, Rooster is going to get his groove back. And at some point, Don Chaney's going to be back. So Miami's backfield is going to be in better and better shape as the as the season goes on. Uh, I want to talk receivers and tight ends, including the singular stat that surprised me most from this game. If you hadn't seen this, you're going to be shocked by this. And we're going to talk about it right after we talk about LinkedIn jobs. They're helping people find work and they're helping companies find employees, which is so incredibly important these days. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. 
create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk more about the offense. Uh, single most surprising statistic for me was, and I still, I keep checking this to make sure that it's right because has anyone else noticed the statistics being kept first two weeks of the year, as far as Miami games are concerned? been really really weird you check three different websites you get three different stat sheets like i <laughs> i don't know who's right and who's wrong okay but i'm pretty sure this is the proper stat miami's tight ends the entire position group only had one catch for five yards against southern miss with elijah arroyo getting that only catch for five yards nothing for will mallory in this game i was a little bit surprised by that and listen i know that you know, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, he he throws to to who's open, to who's most convenient for him on every given play. And Josh Gaddis is calling plays based on what the defense gives to him. So I'm not saying I want to force the ball to the tight ends more, but I'm a little bit surprised. Only one catch for five yards from that entire position group. And as far as Will Mallory goes, you remember he had a, a really slow start to the season last year. And then the second half of the season, he was unstoppable. And this year, like he is working his way back from an injury, had an issue, missed most of fall camp for it. So hopefully this is a case with Mallory that he's still working his way back and that he's going to be 100% this coming Saturday. But I, I was just a little bit surprised. Like maybe it means nothing. And next week the tight ends get like seven, eight catches. But I was a little bit surprised. One catch for five yards for the entire tight end room. As far as wide receivers go, yes, Xavier Restrepo, still the most dependable wide receiver wearing orange or whatever color Miami wears next week. They'll probably be wearing, I would imagine, probably white at Texas A&M. He's been the most dependable Hurricanes receiver. But it's also, it's great to see Brashard Smith had some big catches against Southern Miss. The one that he caught in the first half for a first down where TVD threaded the needle like right over the, the fingers of a defensive back. That was an amazing throw and catch, like NFL caliber throw from Tyler Van Dyke. Difficult bobbling catch for Brashard Smith. Very happy to see that. I hope the two of them can connect a lot more. Because remember, going back to fall camp, when the receivers were not very consistent during, uh, during camp for the Canes, when Mario Cristobal would talk about his receivers, he would mention X – being the most consistent guy, yes. But then he also would mention Brashard Smith as being somebody who is really popping and like creating some some big plays. So we're seeing a little bit of that, okay? Um, Miami's receivers continue to not drop footballs. That's good, right? Uh, great to see big play, probably Miami's biggest offensive play, Keyshawn Smith, the touchdown that he caught, the long touchdown from the flea flicker. I think that was a, a 39-yard flea flicker from TVD to Keyshawn Smith. Keyshawn deserves it. 
after the game he had as a returner last week. I think it was great to see him score a, a nice long touchdown as a wide receiver, and that was a very good play call and a timely play call from Josh Gaddis. And I would imagine Miami is going to be uh, even more creative and a little bit more aggressive against Texas A&M. And yes, even though Texas A&M found a way to lose to Appalachian State, um, they're going to be out for payback next week. I, I still think it's going to be a really tough game. And Miami is not perfect, as we've seen. I, I like what the Canes are building, but they're not perfect right now. Um, now, even though Miami's wide receivers are not dropping footballs, the defensive backs are dropping footballs. Uh, yes, Tyreek Stevenson did have a pick, and I wish the officials would have allowed him to run it back for a touchdown. Uh, there were some officiating shenanigans in this game, but several other would-be interceptions were dropped. Miami honestly should have had three or four interceptions in the game, and it should have been an easier victory than it even was at the end of the day. But 30 to seven, Miami gets it done. I will not apologize for a win, especially with all the shocking results we had in college football today. I will not apologize for this win. And hey, if anyone out there thought that the Texas A&M game was unwinnable or the Aggies were unbeatable because they were a preseason top 10 team, they're going to be out of the top 10 by next week. I got news for you. Um, really tough game. It's not an unwinnable game. We're going to have so much coverage coming at you. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. A whole a whole week of buildup before Miami head into College Station for a 9 p.m. game. Uh, are, are, are they going to take college game day away from College Station? Like after, after Texas A&M just lost this game, like can they just like call an audible and say, just kidding, we're going somewhere else? I guess we'll find out. And we'll see how the, the AP Top 25 shakes up after a crazy day because Notre Dame's going to tumble. Texas A&M is going to tumble, and I would think Texas, like, I know that they ended up losing to Bama, but Texas has got to be ranked now, right? So they're going to climb climb into the mix, so we'll see what happens, but awesome time as always, guys. Thank you so much for listening, thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for 5,000 YouTube subscribers. It really means a lot to me, so we will talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team 